back to another Look Again podcast, y'all. Hey, what's up, lovely people? Glad that y'all tuned in again. What's good, everybody? Always a pleasure to have you here with us. Yeah, thanks for coming back, y'all. All right. So today's episode, we decided to talk about astral projection. So we as people are subjected to this human experience of being embodied and living from this place of existence. But most of what we know and experience is within our waking lives. This feels very real to us because it is what we know best. But we also have another life, one that lives in the dreams and also the ability to disconnect momentarily from our embodied presence. We all have an ability to fantasize in such a way that feels impactful to our lives and the place in which we currently exist. You know, so whether we are introducing foreign or domestic chemicals into our brain mixture or have the sense to tap in the ability to project oneself, we are capable of traveling to far and exotic places. What we're talking about is astral projection. In this episode, we're going to go over what it is and how we do it and where it is we actually go. So I guess to start, let's define what astral projection is. So I got this definition from the American Psychological Association. I wanted to be pretty legit and not just some like dictionary stuff but get it david that's right so here's the definition the alleged ability to enter into a trance-like state in which one leaves the physical body and operates in the astral plane so the astral plane is a hypothesized level of existence accessible to the consciousness or spirit which acts as a link between the physical and the spirit of the divine worlds that's a, Whoa, man, that, that was deep as fuck, man. Could, could deep. you break that down to us? Could you break it down like line by line? Because I mean, that was a lot. What I find interesting about that definition is it's a lot of speculation words. Yeah. It's a lot of big stuff, but it's all speculation. I don't like that definition at all. First off, when it says the alleged, how are you going to define something with allegedly this is what it is? Because you can't prove it. And then a hypothesized level. I mean, but everybody's gone, has, can say yeah, I guess, but it's just it got that definition, huh, sometimes. Anyways. Well, I think it's important to say that because it is such a uh, woo-woo or does it actually exist? It's something that the human collective experiences and talks about. And I think over time we've had these collected experiences and now it's kind of like, oh, well, there's something happening here. What do we call it? Okay, well, allegedly this could happen. You can't like rock solidly be like, Oh, this definitely happens. I astral project. I am a natural projector. And I don't know. I mean, can you or can you not? I mean, it seems like it's a new concept now, but people have been talking about astral projection for thousands and thousands of years. You know what I mean? I feel like we, we're the ones that are closed-minded to it and have to, like, have a double-blind study on everything. You know what I mean? Like, people have literally been doing this for thousands of years. Randomized I mean, control study, Ali. I mean, the thing is, it's like most people, I for sure can say I dream. And I'm in a dream world, right? There's no allegedly to that. I definitely have dreams. I'm in other places and in other worlds. So does millions of other people, right? Are you sure? Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm sure. How do you make sure you are in a dream and not just like your mind's just doing its thing? How am I sure that this that I'm living in right now isn't a dream? I don't know. Maybe it is. You know, that's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is the astral travel right now. But like in the morning time, right, when you hit snooze, like you have like elaborate dreams during the course of the night. But 
when you hit that snooze button in the morning time and like maybe maybe four or five times you have like long elaborate dreams where there's no way that all that stuff happened within the five to seven minutes that the snooze button goes off but it's like an entire fucking day two years you know whatever and all that within that little period of time doing that snooze button that's some of my favorite time like that snooze button dreams so yes i do think that those are dreams because during those times in the morning time i really love that part of my sleep more just because i'm like oh man let me let me push the news button one more time and go back into that dream let me or let me see what next dream is going to pop up so yeah I, I definitely think that that's a tangible concrete thing to see i like how this is starting out we're just like disagreeing upon it right away yeah and it's it's kind of cool we were going to talk about what the definition is and like what you would add or subtract from and i feel like we've been talking about that because trance like state where you leave your physical body and operate on the astral plane. And from that definition, alleged. But, I mean, I feel like that's what we're all saying. Is there anything anybody would add or take away from that definition other than the alleged? Is there anything anybody would add or take away? I think it's interesting to note kind of what you said, Ali, of people have been doing this for many years. And, I mean, fuck, they've probably been doing it before even writing existed, before even the ability to write stuff down and even reading, you know? I think ancient people have been able to dislocate from their body and use their spirit to go places. So, I mean, that's kind of what it is. It's like you are a spirit being inside a body and you have the ability to step out of your body. But we are so conditioned into feeling like we're in our body that it feels as though that's the only place we can live through. I mean, the definition takes me back to uh, me, Andy, and Ali's teacher, Uncle Will, sitting around his uh, kitchen table and him talking to us, us trying to get him to go to, you know, this conference or that conference with us or, you know, just see if he wants to go out of town or, you know, go camping or, you know, whatever. He was like, man, why the hell do I need to get out of my kitchen table? I'm already going traveling the universe within myself. And, you know, that's you know, that astral projection, that's like getting outside of your physical reality and tapping into that soul level or dream level reality and going wherever the hell you want to, like whether it's Mars or Middle East or the moon or wherever it is. Like he said, he doesn't need to go anywhere because everything is at his disposal within himself. That's a new level of stubbornness where you're like, oh, I'm just going to actual <laughs> travel there. I'll be fine. Or is it a new reality? I mean, who knows? Yeah, and you figure there has to be something going on because we're in our dreams. We're not using our physical body, but we're interacting with the world around us. Like, we've all felt things in our dreams. We see things. We hear things. Smell, I don't know if smell stands out, uh, but I feel like all the rest of my um, taste, yeah, because I've eaten things in my dreams, drank beer. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I feel like all my senses are alive. So your senses are interacting with something, but I think it's, uh, so that's your that's your astral body. Those are your astral senses on that astral plane. Hmm. I mean, do you have those senses? Like being a spirit, you're having an out-of-body experience. But in your dreams, if you think about it, like you're feeling things, you're seeing things, you're hearing things, like you're smelling things, like the, all these things are active in your dreams. And, you know, it's like, I, I guess it depends how you define a spirit, because I think your astral body is one vibration up from this physical body. But I, I don't know if it's, if you're talking like your soul, like in, in yoga philosophy, there's like, you got three bodies, you got your physical 
then you got that energetic body, and then you got your causal body, like that soul body. So it's like it's in between your soul and between your physical is that is that energetic astral body that you're dealing with on the astral plane and in your dreams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the only thing I would really change is alleged. I'm cool with the ability to enter into a trance-like state in which one leaves the physical body and operates in the astral plane. Take away the parentheses afterwards, that whole, that the astral plane is a hypothesized level of existence, all that type of stuff. For me, I would just say the ability to enter that state and operate in the astral plane. I think that to me would be my, my definition of it. I can get with that. I don't know. I think the science community has to, science community has to be like provable. And I think this is hard to prove. So therefore like the inserting the word alleged. I mean, as is a lot of different things, you know, hard to prove with ways that we're trying to prove it through the scientific, like Ali said, the double blind studies where you have to touch things, you know, like studying energy or prana or going into the chakra energy and all that type of stuff. You know, it's very hard to prove it in our definition of science, but you know, shit, chakras exist, the energy of chakras exists, but you can't touch it just like a lot of esoteric sciences. So alleged, I mean, that's just our Western mind saying alleged because we can't quantify it. And then even in books like life and teachings of the masters of the far East, like people do prove it. I think it's just, whether or not they want to prove it to a scientist, you know what I mean? Like they'll be sitting in their physical body and then they can go, they'll be somewhere else talking to another person, like going to give them a note. And that person like, no, I was with this person. They gave me a note or they, they, they told me to write something down at this specific time while there's other people watching their physical body. So there are experiments and there's, there's cases of it that you can read about. Uh, but I don't know if there's actually scientists that are like Western. I, there are scientists, there aren't Western sciences, scientists who are studying it. So I think there are people around the world who are studying astral travel, who are experiencing it and do have proof of it, but it's just not happening here or not, or we're not interested in studying it. I remember at Omega, I think it would maybe have been Andy when me, Ali and Andy were sitting around a table with a Harvard scientist, Satbir Khalsa, when, you know, he was asking, cause he's, you know, he studies, uh, you know, the I- impact of, you know, yoga on all different types of demographics of people, whether it's kids, adults, seniors, you know, whatever. And I think Andy was like, well, you know, have y'all ever studied, you know, being able to bend spoons with your mind and, you know, this and that. And what he told us, he's like, you know, that really the study game is all about, you know, funding and, you know, people aren't putting funding into, you know, studying that esoteric type stuff. So the scientists that actually do do the studying won't do the studies on that because they won't get funded and they need to keep their lights on, feed their family and stuff like that. So once again, it's, you know our Western minds that are limited as far as, you know, what we think is important and what we think is important is what puts food on the table. Or it's whoever has the money gets to decide what they think is important. Totally. All right, y'all. So a quick question. Have you ever astral projected yourself or tried to? What happened? Where did you go? And what was it like? I'll go first. I think mine's gonna be a little shorter than (laughs) y'all's. I know. So I feel like, it's like a catch-22 question almost because I feel like I astral project when I'm in my dream state, right? So when I'm in the dream world, but when I, there was times when I was living on small with Ali and I was trying to like just astral project like on my own, not like going to sleep and then being in the astral plane, but trying to actually astral project, like meditating, lay on the sofa. I tried, used to try it always downstairs in the basement on our, the black couch we used to have. And 
I never pulled it off. I remember one of the books they that we were reading, they said something about hearing like this, when you were close, you would hear like this, like almost like an airplane engine type sound. And I remember laying there, I'm in the corpse pose on the sofa, just chilling, eyes closed, focusing on it, like trying to leave out my body and, and, and like hearing that sound for a little while, like that, it's, it was like, and I was like, oh shit, I'm about to do this, I'm about to do this, but it never happened. I've never can say that I've like done it. Uh, what's the word for like purposefully? Is that what it is? Or like, like try to do it and then did it. I feel like if anything, all my astral projection has been when I fall asleep and I'm in the dream world. Like did it with intent kind of sort of behind it. Intention. That's what the word was. Thank you, Ahmed, with intent. There was a point where I used to, like I would get up in the morning at like four um, and do like all my morning yoga, like kundalini, some pranayama, some kriya, all that kind of stuff. And I would take like a, um, after I would walk my dog, I'd take like a nap in the basement. And I had this weird experience where I would feel like I was kind of, well, not, not kind of, I would be like floating above my body, but the tip of my, the top of my head would still be attached to my body. So I'd be like swinging my legs around in the air, just trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And Andy got this book from, from one of his friends that was sitting on our, um, like our living, this little wooden table we had in our living room, little wooden coffee table. And I remember picking it up and reading it finally. And it was all about, and actually it was, it was by this dude that was from the Baltimore area because it starts off with him on an astral uh, journey uh, flying over Lock Raven Reservoir. And I remember reading it, and it was so simple, like um, just just taking control of what was going on. Because I remember talking to Uncle Will about it, and I would ask him, he was like, well, I was like, well, how do you do it? Because I remember our, me and I was big brother, and one of his friends used to always talk about astral projection. I remember for a long time I thought they were saying astro traveling, and he was like, no, it's not astro traveling, it's astral traveling. He started explaining what it was. But they would have the experiences where they would meet up and do things. And I remember thinking that was cool as shit and wanting to do it. So I remember when I asked him and he was like, well, just he was like, I was like, well, how do you do it? He's like, just do it. And like, what do you mean? How do you do it? You just do it. And actually in this book, that's pretty much what they were saying was just do it. Like you just you make a command and you take control of the situation. And it was just as simple as saying separate. So I remember the next night or after I read the book, like I, w- I would set an alarm to go to the basement. I went down to the basement and I felt the like, you know, I, I went to sleep setting the intention of going on a journey on the astral. And I remember I felt it and I did the floating kind of floating attached to the head thing. And I just said, separate. And I was standing next. I was standing like at, at standing up by my head and I looked at my body and boom, I was back in my body. And then I did it again and I separated. I didn't look. And I remember just being like kind of walking ish, floating ish up the steps and then up and out the roof. Cause I could, I didn't, I didn't understand what exactly was going on. Remember, I don't know. I wish I still had the journal, but I would keep it a journal of all my experiences of what was going on and places I was going and the things I was experiencing cool as shit. But it was, I think it was easier for me if I, if I disrupted my sleep and I moved to somewhere else that wasn't my bed. And when I was on the floor to go do it, then it was be, then it would be for me to do it. If, if I was sleeping in bed. I remember one of the coolest parts in the book. And I think this is the same book as that guy. And Ali, correct me if I'm wrong. He would do those experiments with a pencil on his desk, right? Where he would try to, like he'd take a pencil and he'd like dangle it on the edge of his desk and he would see if when he astral traveled, if he could go to that desk and move the pencil so that when he came out of the astral plane, he would check to see if the pencil had moved. That's the same book, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same book. I don't yeah. know why I never tried nothing like that. I mean, but I, think, I feel like I was content with what was going on and the experiences I was having where I could tell it was different than a dream. Different than a dream is different than lucid dreaming. There's a totally different experience than both of those because I've, I've, I'm lucid dreaming, it happens to... I feel like almost everybody has at least one lucid dreaming experience. So I knew what that was. I knew what like having a passive dream that I just like 
whatever that was. But this was a totally different experience that I was going through. This is wild. So I have had one experience like that. I don't think I've had like many, but there was definitely one clear experience. And I, I think I've said it before, but I was kind of like laying down and like breathing and doing my little meditation thing. And I was like trying to go there and I did. And it, and it only happened once, but I ended up being on this uh, like flying dog. You know, if you think of the never ending story, that like flying dog thing, I was on that. And I was flying and I remember like the world I was in, it looked like milky gray and I was over this like huge body of water that had glass, it felt like glassy water. It was like perfectly still and it was super gray and bluish and I just saw these like huge gray mountains in the super far background and all of a sudden my like, he was my Sifu, my martial art teacher, my teacher father and he called him Sifu. But he, his like face or his like being, his energy like popped up in the sky and he was like, oh, you found this place. Welcome. We've been waiting. And then he just like disappears. And it was so wild to me because I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, he's always here. You know, and he was a very like eccentric guy and very kind of out there and just like really otherworldly character. And it was just so rad because I'm like. There he is saying like, oh, we've been waiting for you. Okay, bye. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I supposed to do next? What do I do now? And, you know, I just kept like flying on the dog and then it, it kind of ended up ending. But I just thought it was super weird because it's because you think to yourself, I would have never have thought that. I would have never have actually been able to recreate that thought. It was just like it felt I was somewhere instead of oh i thought i was somewhere like i was i was actually there and so it tripped me out but that was like my one experience with it did the dog look like uh the dog from never ending story Dude, exactly like it it was like long its face it had like big fluffy ears that i got to like hang on to and it's right in it so when i asked that question two things popped up in my mind one was when andy ali and myself you know, started on this journey in college and I had like a poster in my living room where we all used to read. And it was like of a like a island with like white sands and clear water and a um, palm tree under it. I don't know if y'all guys remember that picture, but I know I had like a, you know, a girlfriend at the time that used to hang out with us um, and we all used to try to meet there every single night. and. You know, I, I remember for the longest, you know, I would go to sleep with that picture in my mind and I never would meet you all there. And I remember the first time that I actually did meet you all there, it totally blew my mind because I really wasn't even trying. I just fell asleep. And I guess maybe because I had in my mind uh, the doing it so many times or repetitively that I instinctively, when I didn't think about it, I actually met you guys there and we were chilling in the beach and, you know, just relaxing, mellowing out. And you know, I don't know if you all ever met us there, but I know I definitely met you all there, you know, a couple of times. I don't know if y'all remember what I'm talking about from, you know, I think it was either like my junior or senior year in college, but I know we all used to try to meet there uh, all the time. Yeah, I remember. That. I think that was your the summer going into your senior year, uh, right? Because we, 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 me and Andy were homeless at that point, like living in your living room. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was I was wondering why we were all we were always together in my living room and uh my girlfriend at the time would was staying with me and then we all would try to meet there. Yeah. That's one. And then two, you know, I remember the most vivid astral traveling that I've ever done was when we lived on Smallwood. And, you know, I may have talked about this in one of our previous podcasts, but uh it was, you know, I I'd be laying down on my bed, then next thing you know. I, my body would be vibrating and I would think I be w- was awake and then it would just be vibrating, vibrating. Then like Ali was saying, my, my head wasn't attached to my spirit or my astral head, but you know, my astral body would rise up above my physical body and it would seem like I'd be like weightless, like I was in space and, you know, I was like, you know, moving all around, you know, I didn't have any balance, but I was just hovering right over my body for a while it was like, you know, when you get wasted sometimes, you know, it's hard to really get your equilibrium. And it seemed like, you know, I was like kind of drunk with astral energy or something. And, you know, I was vibrating above my body. And the next thing you know, I just floated all the way out atop of my roof. And, you know, I was looking down at my roof and in my neighborhood. And then, you know, I was flying around. And then next thing you know, something startled me. And the coolest thing about when you do astral travel that the slightest thing can kind of bring you right back because you're connected with that. They say it's like an invisible cord, a golden cord or something like that. So, you know, a lot of people question if they do, if they ask travel, are they going to get lost forever in the astral world? But nah, man, it's like really one of those things that the slightest thing will bring you right back to your physical body and you'll like joke back into there and, you know, you wake up and you're like, holy shit, I was just astral traveling. You know, I mean, those are the two Memories that pop up in my mind. So, you know, we're talking about our experiences, but what are some of the techniques that promote a state of being to astral project? So how do we get there? It sounds like we've had experience of trying to get there. And then we've also had experience of not trying to get there and we get there. So how is it like, how do we create the scene in which we can get there? I know you know, we have uh, a lot of practices that, you know, all all four of us do, you know, that kind of uh, get our physical body stronger, mental body stronger, astral body stronger, you know, all that type of stuff, whether it's physical practices, uh, whether it's martial arts, like David was talking about, yoga, whether it's, you know, pranayama to kind of get that prana in our body or, you know, meditation. And I know whenever I do, you know, a lot of uh, pranayama, like, uh, you know, breathing practices with pauses in it, and then different Kriya yoga practices, you know, it seems like automatically whenever I lay down, I'm getting out my body. And, you know, like Ali was saying in that book, if you set that intention before you go to sleep, not saying it's going to happen 100% of the time, but if you say, you know, I want to, I want, I want to astral travel, I want to, you know, get out of my body, you know, like, and you keep repeating that before you go to sleep, then, you know, high percentage of the time you will get out of your body. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but those are the two ways that I've kind of seen techniques that can kind of help you astral travel is, you know, once again, that breathing or Kriya practice, uh, energy work, getting that energy into your body, and then also consciously setting that intention. Yeah, I know the three things that help me the most when when I do when I do want to put the intention or want to put some effort behind doing it. One is definitely the bellows breaths or, or Bashrika, uh, that breathing exercise for whatever reason. Uh, gets the energy flowing, and um, and and prom- I don't know I don't know what it is about that breath, but when I do that breath consistently, it becomes easier for me to do. Second is disrupting my sleep, like I was talking about earlier. Like if I go 
and shift to a different environment for whatever. I guess I'm putting more of an in- intent behind doing it. So like I again, like I would set up a blanket. I have a sleeping bag and a pillow, and like a little lamp uh, in my basement. I would just go down there and I would and I would try to project from there. And the third thing was this, this practice from the book where the, they talk about you would like this. It's kind of a meditation, kinda, or like I don't know. I wouldn't call it a meditation. More like an awareness practice where you would be in one room, but you would physically see yourself somewhere else. And you wouldn't just see yourself; you would feel yourself there. So I knew, and it would have to be something you were familiar with. So I would always see myself in the living room of my house on Smallwood Street, sitting on the couch. Uh, here, it's my living room, sitting on the chair next to my um, next to my bookshelf. But on Small Street, was, I would see myself like in that room because, I, and I can still see it and feel it to this day because I know what that I know what the couch felt like in there. I know what the the carpet felt like on the floor. I know what it felt like with the sun and the windows I and mean, the smells of that room. And you would and I would so I would be be in one place, but physically have would have all of my senses would be present with myself being somewhere else. And those three things, putting the time into those, it was I think that's why it was happening so often because I was doing all these practices to promote it. So it was just like. I, yeah, I wish I could find that journal because there was some cool, like some of the stuff I remember, some of it I don't. But I remember there was a chunk of time it was just happening all the time. Now it's more infrequent. Uh, it'll just It's just one of those things that just happens every once in a while because, you know, I mean, I got two kids. I'm not disrupting my sleep to go astral travel. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll dream whenever I dream. I have a lucid dream whenever that happens. But sleep is a commodity at this point. So I'm not I'm maybe on vacation. I Nah, because on vacation, I want to sleep, too. So I don't know. I guess if, at some point. Maybe I'll put the intent back and try it again, but uh, I haven't really like put the intent behind it, done those practices in a while. Yeah, I mean, I think Ali and I hit it on the head with the it's the setting the intention. I think for me that that's a technique I would recommend people to do is really just like sitting there and be like, all right, this is what I'm trying to do. Right before I go to sleep or right before I lay down, like thinking to myself, all right, I'm going to try to do this. I am going to try to astral project right now. I'm going to try to astral travel right now. I'm going to separate from my body. And I remember when I would do more stuff where just trying to remember my dreams, that that's what I would do. I'd be setting that intention before I go to sleep and saying, you know, I'm going to be conscious in my dream. I'm going to remember my dream. And I would just repeat those phrases over and over again until I fell asleep. So I, for me, I think those techniques are the ones that I think would help promote it. But again, I'm not very experienced with this because I've never really been successful with doing it on my own. What about you, David? Yeah, same here. I wouldn't consider myself astral projector or anything like that. But when I have gotten there, it's usually like there is an intention or there isn't. But what it comes down to is relaxation, being comfortable, some form of like laying down, calm, quiet spaces. You know, I'd say those are the things that help me promote a sense of getting somewhere that's outside of my body. I feel like it's really hard to be outside of your body if you're like construction going on <laughs> near your house, like my house every morning this week. You know, you wake up really easily when you hear loud noises or just like something going on, commotion. So I think calming spaces, relaxing your body, and deep breathing will get you there and an attention as well. I mean, just real, I, I think it'd be cool for I think it'd be cool if we made the intention to try for a little bit and then talk back and then maybe do like another we sort of follow did. up on this one. We had that like I don't nobody knows we tried this because we tried to make it a podcast, but we didn't. But we were like writing down our dreams. Remember, we were trying to do a dream podcast. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not talking about dream. I'm talking about with the intent of astral projection. Like, I mean, because I feel like that's two different things. Like remembering your dreams and putting the intent behind astral travel are two different things. Because what we were trying to do in the dream was like meet each other somewhere. 
that the whole intention of like the that podcast that we didn't do was for us to try and meet for a month every single night in our dreams. I thought we didn't do that because remember it was everybody was going to sleep at different times. I thought we did the one around. That's why we didn't get there. Taco bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, and, and it might not be meeting somewhere. It could just be us with the intent of astral projection. We might not be going to sleep at the same time. We all might be on different schedules, but see if we can intentionally use these practices to do it. I mean, it, it, we don't have to, but it could be cool. I'm down to try. Like, I'll give it a shot. I'm always down to be a scientist and experiment. Yeah. David, there is no try. There's only do or do not, Master Yoda. All right. So what about this, guys? Do you feel like you need some kind of, like, certain or special makeup or disposition of being before you have the ability to astral project? Or do you think that, you know, like everyone at this particular moment are able to reach these type of places and to reach that state? Because I think that everyone can do, it. I think right. You know, I'm a big believer. All of us are one. And, and though we are at different levels, I mean, I think maybe you could ready your body. Like Ali was saying through some breath techniques or, or, um, you know, maybe even your diet can change. You maybe you don't drink or smoke and stuff like that. And that'll give you clarity and maybe you'll be able to access these states easier. But I think everybody does have the ability to do this whenever they want to. Yeah, I, th I think we all have the ability. But sometimes I wonder, you know, not believing is something that can definitely get in the way. I don't think people who are like, oh, what are you, you know, that's some woo-woo shit. I don't think you can do that. Like, out-of-body experience, whatever, dude. I don't think those people are capable maybe in that moment to do it. So I think believing or wanting to believe is a very big part. And, you know, I kind of wonder, like, there's a lot of different people out there. and We all, like, all our astrological signs kind of help us guide our ways into being. And, you know, like, some people are, like, very, they got, like, rough edges. And I feel like people that have rough edges, it might be a little bit harder to get there. But, I mean, who knows, man? Yeah, I think anybody can do it. I don't think anybody's, I think we all have the same inherent gifts and abilities. I mean, but I think it's just some people tap into it more. Some people are more in tune to it. Uh, like you were saying, David, some people ignore it more, but it's there. Like anybody can do these things. Yeah. I think there are things that you can do to make it, make it more accessible. Like in Kundalini practice, they say when your um, energy gets up to certain chakras, it's like, it happens all the time. Like it's not something that really takes any effort. You can just kind of do it. So I think there's, and I think there's other um, spiritual or concentration practices that you can do to make it more accessible to you and make it easier to do. And you, you have to put less intent behind it for it to happen. And I think, like, you know, you were talking about those naysayers, David. I think that they, even though they are like, no, this ain't, this don't happen, this bullshit, da, 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 I think that they still might tap into astral projection. It's just that when they wake up, they'll doubt it. You know, they're like, that wasn't it. I was just, you know, I, I just watched a movie and, you know, I was just thinking about certain things. I was in my mind, da, 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 da. When, you know, they just don't know how to once again quantify it. Like a lot of these Western scientists, they just you know, are remiss when, you know, they're reflecting on what happened that night. You know, I think that Ali and Andy were saying like, yeah, everybody has this ability, doubt. If you're a doubter, if you're a believer, if you're a practitioner, if you're not, like everybody has the opportunity or the capability of being able to, you know, tap into their astral body, which is one of our, 
one of our bodies, you know, everybody has an astral body. Maybe everybody isn't conscious of it or they're not a believer of it, but that's is a reality. You can't touch it. So, you know, we can't look into any studies about that because once again, motherfuckers ain't getting paid to study our astral body, you know, so but the funding isn't there. But, you know, everybody is capable of, you know, all the stuff like, you know, spiritual, I'm not too religious, but I think that all, all the religions have, you know, a lot of truth in them. And, you know, in the Bible, you know, they talk about, you know, Jesus saying like anything that I've done, you all can do that also and do it even greater than I will. You know what I mean? So it's really one of those things that is just being aware of it. And, you know, if you are aware of it, cool, you'll remember it. If not, you still might be going through those experiences, but you might just not remember it or know how to quantify it. Hmm. So one thing that's coming up for me is it seems as though we're talking about astral projection and some of it is talking about when you're sleeping and then other is when you're awake and you're intentionally trying to get somewhere. So I don't know if astral projection is happening if you're sleeping, right? So I don't think it's, I don't think it's actually you sleeping. I think you're catching yourself in between a sleep awake and sleeping stage. Cause there's time, there were definitely times where I would go to my basement and I would fall asleep and nothing would happen. But I think the whole thing with astral projection is catching yourself in between that waking and sleeping state. And it was like, and that's the whole key to it is, is catching yourself in that in-between phase. Cause like Da Vinci with all his cool drawings and all like the uh, inventions that he was showing that, that have, that hadn't even been invented. Like he would sit with, I'm pretty sure it was Da Vinci. He would sit with like ball bearings in his hand on like a, on a chair with a metal bedpan under him. And he would try to catch that in-between state. And if he would fall asleep, the ball bearings would fall out of his hand and would wake him up. But he learned how to keep. Yeah. Yeah. And he would keep him in his hand so he could catch that in between state so that he could go onto the astral plane. He would come back with all this cool shit that he had seen and experienced and all that. I don't I don't think astral projection is when you fall, at least from my experience. I know that then there would be nights where I would definitely fall asleep and there would be nights where I could catch that in between in between phase. And that was when I could separate because it wasn't happening when I was falling asleep. Hmm. All right. Yeah, and, and when you do fall asleep at that, you know, I know our teacher used to always say, like, when you have, when you really fall asleep and sometimes go into that dreamless state, you're in the source, you're recharging your body and, you know, all that type of stuff. But like Ali was saying, it's like, before you get to that phase is, you know, where that astral plane is. And, you know, that is, you know, where the astral projection happens. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you're tired as hell and you might go right past that uh, stage where you can potentially astral travel and you go into that deep sleep where you're, you're one with the, the universal source, you know what I mean? Recharging your body and all that stuff. But the ability and being conscious and setting that attention to go to that astral plane is where it is. And, you know, staying at that level is where that astral projection happens. All right. So we have a relationship with our bodies while also wanting to have one in which we're not contained in it. What do you all think is like interests us most about astral projection? I mean, I'll jump in there. I, I know in regards to me, what interests me the most about astral projection is that you're sitting in one place, yet the whole universe is at your disposal or, you know, you're able to tap into anywhere and any place that your mind can think of or not even your mind because you I, I guess you are still using your mind, but it's like we're, we're in that stage of omniscience like i think that's the word i'm looking for where omnipresence omnipresence and being able to tap into everywhere and 
you know, time, it's timeless. It's limitless in regards to, you know, where you can go. And, you know, that's like, you know, to me, that's like a, a godlike trait, you know what I mean? Tapping into the God within yourself and being able to go beyond your limitless small S self and tapping into your capital S self. You know, I think that's really dope. And, you know, like any kids that ever read science fiction, like all of us on here, whether it's comic books, Star Trek, Star Wars, you know, it's like tapping into the force, man, you know? So I think it's the matrix, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unplugging yourself. And then, yeah, I I think that's the dopest thing is that you're sitting in one place, but you know, you're not limited to where you're physically around. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Are you trying to tell me that Star Wars and comics are fiction? Oh my God, man. Yeah, my what? whole mind, you just, just blew, you said science, I'm, my mind's blown away. I'm, I've always thought that that was real. I thought that was real shit. There the, is it, no, it, 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 it's real. It's just using uh, fake characters, you know? Oh, like, that's real. why it's fiction. I got you. Yeah, that's fake characters. Really okay, thank you, thank you. You're thank still you. a superhero, Andy. No worries. So I think one thing that interests me about it is the ability to bilocate the ability to exist in multiple locations at once and I mean how you said be omnipresent to exist in multiple places at once and almost to be able to like see you existing in one place and existing outside of that and I think that's really interesting to be able to not be contained to the body to uncondition yourself to realize that you are greater than the body And how we said in the intro, it's like most of our waking life is within being embodied. And so if you have the ability to not be embodied, there's something very interesting there. What is that? Why is that? What do we do with that? I don't know. It's very big question, spirit world stuff. And I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think Atman touched on it earlier when he said how Uncle Will would do things, how he would be like, man, I can just sit here and I can go anywhere. You know, I think that's why it's so interesting to me because I feel like in my dreams, I've gone to numerous different planets. You know, I've been in tons of different places that I wouldn't have been able to access in my waking state. You know, and I think it's that's so cool that I can go to places with multiple moons or multiple suns or mountains made of diamonds and emeralds and rubies and just to see these places. And and I always remember Uncle Will talking about stuff like that as well, saying things like, you know, I can go to the sun if I want to. I can go travel in the sun, you know, and I can go travel here. I can go travel there, you know what I mean? And I just think that that's a super badass, you know what I mean? Like, I believe we all have the ability, right? And, and the knowledge that we can gain from experiencing these different places and maybe you know, interacting with different beings and cultures and stuff like that. Like, that's just, for me, this is super duper cool thinking, right? You know what I mean? So I think that's one of the main reasons it interests me because it really is like all of us have this superpower, but we're not taking advantage of it. Yeah, and I guess just to add to what I was saying too is it's not contained to this earth. Like you said, Andy, you can go to the sun. You can go somewhere like so foreign that it's not of this earth or of this universe. It could be completely just exotic. So I think that's what's really cool is we're not contained to our location, whether that be like cosmic location, astral, the world astral. That's pretty big. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'd be a pretty boring existence to think this physical thing was all there was to it. Um, And I think it's just kind of cool and exciting to see that there, there is more that, that's accessible to you beyond just this physical existence. I mean, I remember like 
Obi-Wan Kenobi being a force ghost or like um, there's this comic book called DP7 that me and Ahmed used to read where the guy's superpower was like being able to project his astral body and, and fight people that way. So like I think it's just all this cool stuff out there that yeah, it's it's just good to know that there's there's more than just than just this like this physical existence like and and it's accessible to us like it's something that we can go explore hang out in like you were saying like the astral is expansive it's not just like where I can walk to or where I can see or where I can fly to or drive to it's like anywhere it's it's all accessible to you in the blink of an eye. Tatwa Masi all day. All right, so I'm jumping into the where when you are astral projecting, what is actually happening? Where is it that you go? The word astral suggests a vast territory, but yet are we just contained to that? Or is there a beyond astral travel? What y'all think, fellas? So I think what's happening is we are leaving our body, you know, like our soul. What we actually are is leaving our body, our physical body, and we are like traveling the cosmos and we're looking at things and we're experiencing things and... I think most of the time we tend to stay on Earth or somewhere planetary, but we have the ability to go like into the universe and all that. But I wonder if we know what we're doing out there because we're so not used to being seeing the universe that it's like, what are we going to stare at? You know, we just sit at the edge of a black hole. Or do we like go in the black hole and be like, what's in here? Just go past the event horizon just check it out and be like, I've never been in a black hole before or like going to the center of the sun and watch the fusion just happen. Or I don't necessarily know what's actually happening, but I also wonder because the word astral is a very vast word. It like contains a vast territory, but at the same time, it's like you're still being contained to the astral. So I wonder if there's like dimensional travel, like can you dimensional projection? I don't know. I mean, to some extent, yeah, I always, I always wondered, like, is the astral plane and, um, like, are you really going outside anywhere or is it like you're going inward towards those inner vibrations that are inside of everybody? Like, cause I mean, like in yoga philosophy, like, um, the same light shines in everybody and everything. So it's like, we're all connected that way spiritually. So when we are astral traveling or astral projecting, are we projecting outward or are we projecting inward to those higher vibrations within ourselves? It's a good thought. Do you think that in going inward, you're enabling yourself to go outward? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't. I'm, that's that's one thing I've always thought about. This was like I know distinctly. Like I have distinct memories of, of reading that book and then noticing, like being in our house on Smallwood Street and it being at a little bit different vibration. Like the, certain things looked different. The light was different. Light was emanating from things that light shouldn't have been emanating from. But I knew I knew where I was. But it's a little bit different vibration. So I'm I'm thinking like was that inward or was that outward i still don't know like i still haven't figured that out i would love to experiment more and see but um i always wanted that like because it's again we, we all have that same infinite universal self with within universe within ourselves literally a universe within ourselves uh, that we can tap into so and it's the same you know what i mean it's the same light inside of everybody it's the same connection inside of everybody so is it just if we were all astral traveling we're traveling inward in demand in, in these higher vibrations going inward getting closer and closer to like a high vibration towards our true self. Yeah. I I don't know. It's it's just something I've always thought about with that. So although it is described as projecting, are we actually going somewhere since our bodies are geoly located, but yet our soul are the ones traveling 
or could it be this is always here to experience? It's just a decision of energy shift in which we choose to be. So, Ali, how you're saying is like, are we going inward or are we going outward? Which direction in which we go? And Atman said earlier, there's like an omnipresence of it. So it's like, if we're omnipresent, do we go in or out? You know, and I don't know. It's kind of like stretching my mind a little bit more. And I like it of like, are we just going like super deep within ourselves? And it feels so cosmic that it feels like we're outside of ourselves. I'm kind of leaning that way, David. You know what I mean? Like, which direction? Maybe we don't go anywhere. (laughs) Maybe we just... Like, we tap out of our body, but we're still in there. I don't know. I I think it's, like, one of those things that we're, like, a microcosm of the macrocosm. And, like we were saying, omnipresent, omnipotent, everywhere they are, everything. And, you know, like, everything is within us. Uh, Just, like, everything, like, the universe is all expansive. That universal self is all expansive. I think we are as well within ourselves, like, on that soul level. So it's, like... Where are we going to take that consciousness? Are we going to take it outside of ourselves and just be aware of what's physically around us? Or in that astral projection, are we taking that consciousness and putting it inside of our universal self, that soul or, you know, whatever we want to call it. And that enables us to tap into anything on, you know, that expansive level where, you know, we can go to those event horizons like David was talking about, dive into them. Event horizon, awesome movie. But I think that, you know, I think it is uh, just, you know, where we take our consciousness and it does enable us to go deep, deeper within ourselves, which is connected. Like, you know, Ali was saying to everything and everyone and any place and anywhere and any time, you know, once, you know, we are conscious of it, like we can do it, you know, indirectly, like we were talking about those people that you know, may not even believe that it's possible. They still tap into it, but they may not believe it. But those people that are conscious of it and are intentional about where they want to go, where they want to be, what dimension they want to be in, what planet they want to be in, where they want to be in the middle of the sun, the event horizon. You know, I think that, you know, it is all within us, but it's all outside of us as well. But we tap into it within ourselves. Man, I'm like thinking way different things now because you know, we talk about consciousness and how conscious, like we are conscious beings. So consciousness is inside of us, you know. I'm trying to like relate consciousness to astral projection. But then consciousness is all around us as well. So it's like, are we astral projections inside of ourselves and outside of us? Are they two different things or are they the same thing? And I don't know. I feel more confused now. <laughs> but like, so when people astral travel, they can't be seen by people in the physical world all the time. Right. Sometimes they can be, sometimes they can't be right. There's a situation Ali mentioned of people who do it and they prove it and they go, they leave their body and then they go meet somebody with their astral body and I hand them a note in the physical world. But then there's instances where you astral travel and you may be like observing flight floating over the city and no one looks up and is like, oh shit, there's someone floating above me. Right. So, you know what I mean? I almost feel like you can access this world, the, this physical world still in your astral body you can go to a higher vibrational world, that astral world, which is can be a mirror of this world and other worlds or, or universes or whatever all throughout, even though I'm always weird by saying universes because it's uni, so it's just one universe, but we can have that conversation another day. So like 
I don't know. I feel like you can go any. So I have a whole. I hadn't talked in a while, and you and because my brain was like, tick, 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 like. So I don't think it's our soul that's traveling, right? Because if our soul leaves our body, I feel like our soul, di- our body dies. So it's like an aspect of us. I like how Atma said it that our consciousness is able to be transferred over to a this different body, and the consciousness moves. It's not our complete soul that's moving. And that's why when we are in these other realms or worlds that we constantly, we can remember because constantly we're there. We're like, oh shit, I'm, I'm in this other planet. There's two suns over there. I know this is an earth. I'm in another place. You know what I mean? So it's like my consciousness goes and moves in these other realms. And I think that we can go anywhere and everywhere. But then at the same time, I'm thinking, I don't think that I could astral travel to the Bardo. Do y'all think you could try? Is that yeah. available? I don't think you can either. I think the Bardo is reserved for transferring over remember that little white book that eric let us hold i wish we still had it but you know what i'm talking about there's this little white i like, like his name was like white eagle that wrote or white deer or something right and he talks about in that book how like you can access those planes um where people where your loved ones are through the astral plane like he he, he t- it's like a, i remember there's a whole chapter on it like what happens after you die and then like if you want to go is visit it the bardo you're going to because I don't think you can go to the Bardo. It's almost like your ancestors are like available to be met, but not in the place that they are at. He didn't call it the Bardo. Like, so, I mean, he called it like the plane where those people are are at because it's like different people are different vibrations. So like you're around the people that are at your vibration. So it's like the people that have those same interests and those same vibes as you. That's where you're spending your time um, in between physical death and your next physical incarnation. You're spending it there. And in in this book, he talks about how it's accessible to go there and talk to those people and hang with them. So real quick, Andy, how you're saying that you don't think your soul can leave because you think you're going to stop existing as like a conscious being? No, I feel like I feel like our body dies without a soul. OK, the only way that our body functions in my mind is to have a soul in it. If not, then like, you know, when you go to a funeral and you see your buddy's carcass there, just that body and you look and like, you don't need, you can see the physical skin, but you're like, that's not my buddy. Like there's nothing as I look at this flesh and bones that reminds me of my friend at all. Like he, he, this, this, this flesh even looks different, like physically different than what my friend looks like because his soul or her soul is no longer in that body. And that's why our bodies die. Because the soul leaves. So that's why I think it's an aspect of us that's leaving. But I still think our soul still in our body because we're still alive here. And that's why we can click and come back to this part. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't know. It's this interesting concept. That's, you know, I don't, I, I haven't thought of this is, it's deep. My brain's kind of thinking like, you can kind of get with that. But at the same time, I do think your soul has the ability to fraction itself out and be like, all right, like 10% of you just hang out because I need you to like not die. And then, you know, the 90% like go in or go out, go that way. I can get with that. I can, so long as it's not all of it's leaving. I can get with yeah. that. I could see that we had the power to do something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like what connects that that golden thread that we were talking about. Like part of like that 10% is here and then 90% maybe out here traveling or, or it might not be that at all. But that's what I was thinking also that. You know, it might be consciousness, it might be part of your soul or whatever, but there is still something anchoring you there with that thread that's connecting you to your physical body where, like you were saying, David, like if construction is going outside and they start jackhammering, that shit will jolt you right back into your body. Have you all ever heard people talk about, I never had an experience with this, but I mean, I, I hear a lot of people talk about it, where if you 
go do go astral travel, they, they'll be like, you got to be careful because some entity might jump in your body and take over when you're gone. Have you ever heard that? Sort of. I don't know too much about that, but I've sort of heard. I think in a lot of the I, books that Michael Kraft was talking to us about when you, you know, do some journeys and stuff like that, that, you know, sometimes uh, you have to be wary of where you follow people to because sometimes those people will maybe get you lost in those places and you'll never come back. I've heard that. And then they even talk about like when you, when you're drinking and stuff like that, that's why they call them spirits uh, where, you know, your consciousness might get suppressed and certain spirits that are, you know, hovering around, you may jump into your body. That's why you may, I mean, access drinking will also make you black out, but sometimes that's why people don't remember what happened that previous day is because something else jumped inside of them. But yeah, I mean, I've heard both things, Ali, like where, you know, journeying, you know, if you follow those entities, certain places, you may never come back. Or if you astral project, like, yeah, something else might be like, all right, got you, motherfucker. Hey, man, I don't want that. I was about to reference, uh, I was going to say the same thing Atma did. I was like, you know, I always hear that when it comes to drinking, like people drinking and then it allows for these entities or beings to jump into you and take control of your stuff a little. But I would assume that in general, I'm Puerto Rican. There's stories here of, you know, spirits everywhere, you know, and just being very careful and understanding, hey, take care of yourself. You know, when you're doing prayer or you're in meditation, you're putting yourself in these states, that these evil entities can jump into you. And that's why they have, um, what are those things? I don't know. My, my brain's not functioning. What do those things happen when they have to like... Exorcism. An exorcism. exorcism. There you go, right? You know, that's very, very common here where people have spirits in them and they are just not the same person like at all. And they have to do an exorcism to get this entity out of them. So I think that it could very easily happen just because, you know, culturally for me, it's stories that I've heard of. I heard a story the other day where this guy was saying that they didn't believe, and this is a little off topic, but it's kind of, it's, it's talking about what Ali's talking about, these spirits jumping into you or just spirits in general where, this one guy didn't believe it. It was a guy's brother. Didn't believe that these spirits existed. And everyone is famous like, man, they're here. They're here all the time. And his mom called him and they, she called him because his brother was like three feet off the wall. And it looked like someone had him by his neck and was holding him up against the wall. But there was no one there. He was just floating like someone was holding him up against the wall. So they called his brother and his brother ran over and was like, and his other brother was like, Yo, I told you these things are for real, man. And in, in their mind, they all were like, the reason that that spirit did that was because he was like bashing all the spirits and saying, man, y'all are full of shit. That's just not real. Don't I don't believe any of that stuff. So one of the spirits made it known to that guy that they are really here and choked him up against the wall. Like he was floating, but no one was there holding him up. So I think that that is very, very capable that it's all about your mental state. You know what I mean? And you, you hear that with uh, with people when they do things like um, and they like try to cast spells and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That you can bring evil spirits into you. So you have to be careful. That's why you always see people do like protection spells where they do stuff around them to make sure that none of the evil stuff comes in when you're trying to invoke pure thoughts and love and energy to the universe and stuff. So I, I, I think so. I mean, I think for sure that you could definitely have an evil spirit jump into you when you're doing this. I mean, just in case, I definitely keep blue calcite near my bed. It's supposed to protect you when you're doing astral traveling journey. So I got a big hunk on one bedstand on the one side, a big hunk on the bedstand on the other side. So good. This is a good podcast. I always love walking away from a podcast where we explore all these questions together and then you guys like say your things and I almost have more questions. I'm almost more confused. You know, I really, 
love it when we can do that. Like I almost, I'm almost a little bit more confused now. Like, are we going in? Are we going out? It's like, <laughs> I'm the same way. I definitely have more questions now. Yeah. So I think we should do, you know, Ali, let's, let's try it. Let's, let's give it a shot. Let's try a national project. You know what I'm in? All four of us, maybe we can yeah, man, try it again, it. try and meet somewhere, see what happens. Where do you guys want to try to meet at? I don't know. Like, let's, I don't know. It's got to be a place that all of us have been to, right? So we know what kind of feel. That poster yeah. that you guys had at your house, with the sandy beach? I don't have that poster anymore. You don't need the poster. We just like. But we, me, Ali, and Andy could definitely, I'm sure that the image is still in all our heads, but you've never seen it. Yeah, so how would you know? I'm going to like use my consciousness to like go into yours to thumb through the wrinkles of your brain to find it and then I'll meet you there. Why don't we meet in the chamber under the sphinx? Ooh, I like that. Ooh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's where we're going. The right the, paw or the left paw? Yeah. Well, I don't know which one. What do you want what do you want to do? The center one. I don't think there's a right and a left, right? Yeah, I thought it was like in between. There's supposed the to be some chamber. I know in that Melchizedek book where it's like right in the front that's like the circle of where the Merkaba pole goes and it Melchizedek. goes from there. Yeah, right. you, know, you can pronounce it how you want to. Tomato, tomato, all right. But it like goes right through that tunnel right in front of the Sphinx and goes all the way down and it touches uh, Morea, the island in French Polynesia. So the same thing. That's it. That's what we mean. That's all supposed right. to be the male aspect in the Morea ones to the female aspect of it. That'd be awesome. Let's meet there, man. Let's meet there. Let's go see so the spaceship. So we're meeting in the chamber. Under both of the hands, the paws. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we'll invite our guests too. So, because this podcast is going to come out like, like the next day that we're recording it. So, so all all of our millions of viewers, uh, all of our millions of listeners, let's go meet there. Try to meet us there. We'll have a a, a, a nice trance dance uh, David party. Will David will DJ, base. and you know we'll go go uh, you know explore under uh, the Sphinx. Boom. I'm in. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Yeah, thank you so much. Don't forget yeah. to look again. We appreciate you always. Yeah, thanks for listening, man. Uh, peace and love to all. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcast. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com and search for Look Again Podcast. Anything helps, and we really appreciate your visit. Thank you so much.